At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital, rated R. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. You already know the drill, you knuckleheads. If you want to get involved with this program mm-hmm. on this Monday, mm-hmm. you can get at us on the dot com. I'm talking the Twitter.com, of course. We'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, and of course your reactions. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. Duh. Body. And you know we want those reactions, Arthur Boats, because it ain't just a Monday cousin. No, what is it? It's a victory. It just hit a little different, don't it? It, it does. Just, it just hit a little different on I days mean, Arthur like Mouse, today. It's, it's our first win since last year. Can I tell you that the Steelers are undefeated this year? Yeah. We had to get those ones in early. Uh, you know, I was waiting on it. I, I even fired one up in the hallway with, uh, with Wolf. Did you? He was like, that was a good one. I was like, you know, Steelers undefeated this year. It's about time we won a game. We you haven't lost saying, a game man, all year. Hey, man. Undefeated, man. It's our year. It's our year, baby. 2023. Mm-hmm. The year of the Steelers. Uh, second straight Monday, we come in here with a smile on our faces. Big on smile, a too. Victory. Victory! Monday, because for the second straight week, in a game where the Pittsburgh Steelers looked done and dusted, in a game where they looked dead in the water, in a game where for about 57 minutes it felt like this one ain't going to go our way. Arthur Motes, it went the Pittsburgh Steelers' way once again. 
All the offense needed was one opportunity once again. Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, and Du Bois put on when it mattered most. And they go 80 yards at the end of the game. Touchdown pass, third down, Kenny to Najee. Right over Roquan Smith's dome. And the Steelers win 16-13. to Arthur Motes, your first reaction here on a Monday afternoon. Well, my first reaction is I needed to ask you uh, which version you was going with because I didn't realize I was obviously doing my podcast this morning. Okay. Man, you work hard, I tell you. <laughs> I try to have fun more than importantly. But apparently I didn't realize that there has been a, a, a debate about the intended receiver yeah, what's or up with the that? game when it's like what's that's a thing. That? When did that become a thing? I thought that that was clearly Tanaji. It was clearly Tanaji, and he was anticipating it, and it, it was, was on Roquan. And everything was good, but it yeah, was clear. It that, was it was clearly. I, 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 I'm realizing that it's not like that. People really are are trying to make that a, a debate. <laughs> so I was a little surprised. Yeah, I man. don't listen. I don't get I, that. I, I was a little surprised by it, bro. And, and and you and I know we've laid this out on the show before. We've laughed. There are two. Entrenched camps on Kenny Pickett. Well, ain't that the truth? And the one, the one is that he is in the same class as Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, and can do no wrong, and is a already get his gold jacket ready in Canton. Mm-hmm. And the other is this dude stinks. He's a bum. Why did the Steelers draft him? We're wasting our time. So they're both of those sides are always going to run with their with their given narratives, and yes. we know, much yes. like sports is a reflection of society. Yes. It's the same way like it is in society. You get the loudest 10% of the left on one side and the loudest 10% of the right on one side, when in reality 80% of us are right, mostly somewhere in the mostly middle, in the yes. middle and, and actually do have you know a little nuance and a little context with these things. Listen, there's plenty to praise and critique from Kenny Pickett in the offense last night. That's not, so. that's not one of them for yeah. me. He was clearly going for Najee on okay. that Okay. I yeah. <laughs> I don't know where those people are going with that one. I was just so, like, shocked, bro, because I was like, man, why are we really doing this right now? Like, why does this have to be a thing, man? But, you know, outside of that, uh, I would say that in terms of my initial reaction, I was very impressed. I thought that the team continues to show that they can execute under pressure. This team continues to show that, you know, when the chips are all pushed to the middle of the table, they can execute. The moment's not going to be too big. Um, one of the things that Danny Smith, shout out to Danny Smith, old special teams Bubble coach, gum. what he would always talk about was performance under pressure and an analogy he would always use, and I've used this up here before, a two-by-four. He would say, man, put this two-by-four on the ground right now. You walk across this two-by-four. Man, you're going to hopscotch across it. You're going to moonwalk on it. You're going to do spin moves on this two-by-four because what? Well, it's just a two-by-four, and it's just on the ground, right? It's pretty simple. But then he says, let's take that same two by four and let's put it downtown on top of the Highmark building. You know, that really, really tall building is downtown. It's a nice looking one. You know, and it's the exact same two by four. But now let me see you walk across it, spin on it, do all those other cool things. And the majority of people would, you know, lose their mind at the thought of even standing on it, let alone walking across it. Even though it's the same two by four, it's the exact same thing. Nothing has changed except what? The pressure for you to make a mistake. The consequences if you make a mistake. And... Seeing this group last night, once again, they showed back-to-back weeks in primetime versus playoff caliber opponents that they can not only execute, but they can win these games in terms of performing under pressure. And that's a beautiful sign because earlier in the season, they weren't winning these type of games. Earlier in the season, they would essentially make that critical mistake. 
and we would talk about how it was this backbreaking interception or it was this backbreaking missed coverage or it was this backbreaking missed tackle. Right, right. Whereas now we're not having a lot of those conversations anymore. Now when we speak on them, we're speaking on them in a positive manner, talking about how they were able to execute, how right. they were able to make it happen, how they were able to finish, how they were able to successfully execute the punt the ball, get the stop on defense, mm-hmm. score on offense. We saw them successfully put that together. We saw them once again put together what? A heck of an opening game drive. Earlier in the season, we were criticized how this team would start slow, how this team couldn't move the ball. They had 17 plays to start the game off. Mm-hmm. You talk about a perfectly executed script. That's a Canada thing, but that's also an understanding and a confidence thing from the team trusting him as well. All of those things were coming to fruition. And like I said, it was just good for me to just see all the things that we've been talking about throughout the year just keep getting checked off. When you're talking about defense, can you play physical for four quarters against a team that you know wants to run the ball? Can you capitalize on a quarterback that we know loves to target Mark Andrews but will make mistakes? Can you make him pay? Can you consistently win one-on-ones up front and create pressure without us having to blitz? Mark Robinson, rookie, can I put you out there and have you playing significant snaps and you not just go out there and hit folk, but you go out there like you belong? Mm -hmm. Not going out there and making the moment be too big for you. We're seeing, we saw all of that. Like, I was very impressed with that. Even the adversity that we faced. Baj, you missed the field goal. Justin Tucker's on the other side. You still come back and you hit the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, we missed the tackle on kickoff coverage. I know people want to crucify Danny Smith like he's running down there making the tackle. It was an unblocked defender. He did his job. Just make the play. But that's not a Danny Smith thing. So let's not lose our minds. But even with that adversity, you give up the big return. And what happens on that drive? They have to kick what? Not even a field goal. They could have attempted. I thought they were going to attempt I it. Did too. But they end up going for the punt. They end up punting it instead. But that's a heck of an execution from our defense bailing out the special teams. And that's how everybody works together. When the offense needs to get bailed out, special teams and defense helps them out. When the defense needs to be bailed out, special teams and offense helps them out. When it's the offense, then, okay, special teams and defense needs to help them out. And we've seen all of that take place and transpire multiple times this season. But now it's just even better to see it down the stretch where we're talking about meaningful football in January. Meaningful games where we're talking about still having playoff hopes very much alive. And this was the same team that people were hollering about. We should fire Matt Canada. We should have fired Mike Tomlin. We should have benched all of our quarterbacks. We should have been tanking. Hey, man, if the season ended today, we picking number five overall. If the season ends today, we picking number four overall and all this I really other want stuff. Will Anderson out of Listen, Alabama. no, no, no. Bump all that. This is going to be the first year where, you know, it's not even a debate about a losing season. Coach Thomas, this, he, he's lost the team. Is, is done. He was he was only Ben. He was only this. He was only Colbert. He was only that. And it's like, nah, we are seeing firsthand. This is what we've been talking about. This is why you don't tank. This is why when Coach Tommen would say in OTAs, you decide once what your mentality is. This is why. Because if you allow each and every week, oh, when I feel good, now nah, I really want to work hard and prepare. Oh, well, we losing right now. I don't want to go as hard. That's not going to have you in a position sure. where they're at right now. They're in this position right now, though, because they bust their tail this whole season. This coaching staff never gave up on them. These players never gave up on the coaching staff. The coaches never gave up on themselves. How many times were people hollering about, hey, Coach Tommy, why aren't you going to fire Matt Canada? It's the bye week. Can't you make a move right here? It's the bye week. It's like, nah, we don't need to do any of that right now. People wanted to fire Pat Meyer back in the preseason. Come on, man. And I think Uh you're talking about a, a, a unit that deserves a shout. Okay. I mean, the offensive line. Okay. 
I'm, 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 and listen, I know in the National Football League, you always got to be reinforced in the trenches. Mm-hmm. But like, some of the way that some people are still talking about this offensive line, like they're five pieces of Swiss cheese who all need replaced. Make it make sense. Make it make sense, especially, Motsi, when you look in the grand scheme of things, too. Like, offensive line play, to me, is one of those things. There's maybe three or four fan bases mm-hmm. in the NFL right now that that aren't saying, ah, I wish our offensive line was, was better. Right. That's just the nature of the position no right now in the National no Football League. Question, baby. There's maybe five organizations that it would say, "Oh yeah, we're completely happy with our offensive line. We need no reinforcements. We need no help there." That's it's just a position group in the NFL. It's like the opposite of wide receivers and edge rushers right now. <laughs> There's wide receivers and edge rushers everywhere, everywhere across the Everybody league. Everybody get one. Offensive line play is a little bit of a premium right now. There's there's not a ton of those dudes around everywhere, and that's the ebbs and flows that happen with position groups in the National Football League. Um, but my goodness, where this offensive line is now compared to where they were in August and September, are you kidding me? It looks like a completely different unit. I would agree. And the thing is this too, man. When we're talking about the offensive line specifically, it's like, man, are they perfect? No. But the things in the areas where we can definitely point and say this is major improvement, how many times do we criticize the running game early on in the year? Part of it was on Najee. Part of it was on Najee. Mm -hmm. But the other part was what? There weren't holes that were consistently being made. Blocks weren't consistently being sustained. Um, We were talking about how the popcorn theory, right? And all these other narratives. Well, what was one of the things that they did exceptionally well last night as pertains to Najee Harris? Because I think he had, what, 111 on the ground? Average five yards per carry, right? 111 on the ground, had the yeah. two receptions Some as might well even too. say that was his best game in terms of him just running the ball as a stealer, right? I think this season, certainly. Yeah, but when you watch that, what were we seeing a lot of in the trenches? They were moving people. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't Kevin that, Dotson was body Think moving. about how many times last year specifically we would talk about Najee and say, hey, man, it looks like he's running to a brick wall. Or he is getting hit a yard in the backfield. It's like as soon as he gets the ball, he's yes. bracing for contact. We would already. talk about that, right? Yeah. Yesterday, there wasn't a lot of that going on. In no. fact, it was the opposite. In James fact, it was Daniels multiple was times great. where he's on the other side, you know, one to two yards downfield before he's getting touched. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was the difference. That's mm-hmm. where you could really see him running the way that he was. And I also thought that Najee played pissed off yesterday. That's the first time I've seen him play with that type of nastiness where he is actually verbally talking to players letting him know after he runs like we don't really get a lot of that from Najee so to me to see him even taking it that far let you know that you know this dude is taking his thing personal and that this game means a little bit more to him tonight and if he plays like that that version of Najee is extremely difficult to handle because of the size but with that nastiness with that aggression it just it's the accumulation factor but he has to play like that. It can't be the, you know, finesse style. It has to be aggressive. It has to be body blows and, and that type of concept for the agility part to really pop up. When he tries to be agility first, power second, that's not where he specializes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought was he was struggling with early on in the year. And part of that was because of the health. But now, as you can see, he's a lot more healthier. Yeah, he's running back you with that physical demeanor. Yeah. And that's the thing that we need from him. No, you're 100% spot on there. Um, you know, Motsi, I think uh, I think Najee Harris heard some of these people comparing him to Trent Richardson. And he said, hold up, wait a minute. I think y'all need a reminder. And, man, he, he really has done that post-bye mm-hmm. week, but particularly last night. I mean, you're right. It was, it was, you know what it was last night? It was Marshawn Lynch. 
No, yeah. Like over he had that type and of move. Over yeah. and over. Like, seriously, over it was that type of vibe. Again. I'm going to run through your face. Yes. A lot of dudes can't stand this over yes. and over and over and because over again. Because that is a real concept. And that's the thing. Like, when we watch big running backs not running like that, it's so frustrating because you're like, man, that's your X factor. That's what makes you, you. When you're able to deliver those type of blows from a 240-pound man, that hurts. That You get tired of hitting that. But you got to make that person, that defender, get like that. And a lot of times, if you're not willing to stay committed to it, then as a defender, we know, hey, man, this guy ain't going to check out a little bit. He'll check out eventually. We can get him. We can outweigh him. But yesterday, Najee wasn't on that. Najee wasn't. Backing down. Nah, she wasn't. Oh, it's late in the game. He's gonna start being more elusive. So he was nah, taking was the that. fight to them. Yeah, he was the aggressor. Yep. You know, and I think that that's an encouraging development. I would definitely agree, man. It really is, and and as you rightfully so mentioned, a lot of people have their hand in that pile. A lot of people deserve credit in that. Pat Meyer in the offensive line. Najee certainly. I think Jalen Warren factors into this conversation mm-hmm. because you know what? All of a sudden. Six or seven less touches a game for Najee mm-hmm. is just enough that it's he's still got a full perfect. tank at the end of the game. Yep. Like, think about that. Jalen Warren had seven or eight touches mm-hmm. yesterday total, I think. Najee still had 24, 25, uh, if, you inclu- if you include receptions. Because he had, what, two, was it two catches, two and, catches and 22 runs? So 24. Yeah, 24. So, I mean, that's where you want Najee's yeah. still in the mid-20s. Jalen's at seven, eight, nine, And I think because of that, you get the nice kind of thunder and lightning balance there, and Jalen Warren with the 31 yard run, he was able to bust off a nice uh, play in the in the pass game as well too. But Najee's so fresh in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like there were some times last season, even when Najee was having success, where it just felt like he was gassed. No, in the, in and the you fourth can see quarter. it. And even at points in times, like I think of earlier in the year, where it was, I think it was after New England. Okay. Where it was still that same narrative. It was like, yo, is he too heavy? Does he need to lose a little weight? Like, what's going on with him and stuff like yes. that? But yes. you're right. When you see him, and I would also say the same could be said about TJ Watt in terms of how you could see his uptick in productivity just with the condition and getting a little bit better. That is one of those things, though, man. When you're talking about Najee, like, the healthier he's gotten, the more in terms of just, like you said, just looking better now. Oh. I do, f- <laughs> like, in, I in every way, Like, in every way possible. So, like, what do you think it really was? You think the foot was really bothering to that extent? I think I think that it was number one on the list, but I think it was a couple things. I do too. The offensive yeah. line was struggling yes. early in the season. I okay. mean, they, we don't need to we don't need to sugarcoat that. All right, right. They were they were capable early in the season. Honestly, they were capable in pass protection. Yes, but the they rush attack was not where bad. it was. Yes. I mean, it was bad. So you have that. Mm-hmm. I think you had Najee. A couple things was was the foot was not clearly not one hundred percent healthy. Yeah. I think maybe because the way the season started, he was still a little gun shy, like we were talking about from mm-hmm. last year, where so many times he's getting hit in the backfield, yeah. like as and he's remember, taking the it reception. Was, and we said no training camp, or essentially no training camp. He was there for what a week and a half before before the they foot? shut him down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he plays in the preseason game, that last one, and ends up taking a little shot there in the leg, yeah. too. So the combination of those things, I think part of it was as well, too, the, the Steelers just weren't opening the playbook up on offense either. True. They were playing so conservative those first that, few weeks yeah, of the and season. And at that point in time, we understood it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it was just, I think defenses were saying, if we shut Najee in the run game down, the Steelers can't beat us because they're not going to be aggressive enough through the air. Right. They, they, they don't have that part of that element of their offense yet. Um, I think it was a combination of, of a lot of those things. But he, the offensive line improves. 
He gets a little bit healthier. Again, you add Jalen Warren to the mix, which I think is huge. I mean, Motsi, the difference for Najee in 24 touches Mm -hmm. as opposed to 30, 31, 32, that's a big difference. But think about this, though, bro. Like, the 22 for 111 is filthy, but Jalen still gave you 12 for 76. Like, yo. That's that's the kicker right there. I mean, it really is. 12 for 76 is low-key just like, ew, that's quiet nastiness in the productivity. But that's what you need, though, man. You do. You you lighten the load a little bit for Najee, but it makes him a far more effective player in that capacity as well. Mm-hmm. But that's the true concept when you talk about a one-two punch, a one-two tandem. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And we just weren't consistently getting both of those guys, you know, producing like that, whether it was Jalen when he was dealing with the hamstring, whether it was Najee who was dealing with the foot. But of lately, we've been able to see both of these two players really start to, you know, sure. complement each other in the right way. Where Najee excels running the ball, that's where you start to see Jalen, 3-for-22 as a receiver as well. Mm-hmm. Still flirting with 100 yards total, you know, offense for his own self. Mm-hmm. That type of productivity between those two guys opens up this offense. It makes this offense a lot more uh, just difficult to deal with mm-hmm. because both of those guys bring something different in terms of the element in which they play the game with. They certainly do. It's a, it's a nice compliment. You look at the history of the Steelers, a lot of times when the team has been at the best, that's what they've had. Mm-hmm. You go back to Franco and Rocky. We can talk about Bussy and, and, and Fast Willie. Uh, we can talk about Lev Bell and you know the running mates that he had in LeGarrette Blount or D'Angelo. Um, James Conner and Lev Bell as is, is well, too. While that was kind of during a, a Lev holdout, you still had James there you know, to be able to step in and go to the Pro Bowl that season. Um, that, I think, is... It's not only a huge part of the reason why they're six and two post bye week, Motsi. I think that's one of the one of the things to be most excited about going into next year. I would agree. How many times have you and I talked on this show around Kenny Pickett? Right when the Steelers drafted him, when he was the guy, when we've had that conversation from what from April through August, where we talked about. That's the cheat code for a young quarterback mm-hmm. in the National Football League. Bring Jared Goff in and give him Todd Gurley. Right, bring Russell, running bring Russell Wilson in, and 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 give him uh, Marshawn Lynch. And there's all kinds of examples of that. What uh, you know that that Eagles team that was able to win the Super Bowl despite you know Carson Wentz going down and having to turn to their backup and Nick Foles because they had three really talented running backs mm-hmm. and and Blunt and Jay Ajayi and, and Corey Clement who were who were all moving. I mean the the examples of this are there of just for for young quarterbacks. Um, having a run game to lean on is is so massive. And, I mean, even for Joe Burrow with what they – we all know they're predicated on him and throwing the football, but to have Joe Mixon has been a huge part of their success. Um, when the Cowboys, you know, came and took the league by storm with Zeke Elliott <laughs> and that offensive it. line, you know. And when even they, now when they – They were going 12-4 with a rookie yeah. quarterback. But even think about now when they've been keeping their one streak alive, it's been Paul and Zeke. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, I mean, hey – Think about what Joe Flacco had okay. with that Ravens offensive okay. line and Ray Rice okay. and and and, and uh, Willis McGahee and mm-hmm. those guys. Like that, to me, is one of the things to be most excited about going into next year. You add a little bit in the trenches, maybe you add another playmaker somewhere. Kenny takes a step forward. You've got that tandem in the backfield. That's that. It's it's starting to look like the formula for a team that yes. that can come back next season, win double digit games, contend for division titles, AFC Championship, Super Bowl, all that. If it continues to progress like this, and you hit where you need to hit in the off season. And the thing too that we're realizing right now is 
not only are we learning a lot about this team, but we're also minimizing and hyper-focusing on the areas that we're going to need to actually improve upon in the offseason. So it's like I said, it's good all around with this dynamic. But the thing that, to me, is just is beautiful to see is just how this team won't quit. I think they were uh, they were talking. I think it was Collinsworth. He was talking about this on the broadcast. How Cam Hayward had said that the uh, Steelers are like zombies. <laughs> so yeah, they <laughs> just won't die. Them. You can't kill them, right? Can't kill them. <laughs> and when you think about this team, like in that, I like that. In that like vein, it is funny, but it's very accurate, man. Like it is fun. That's how true. is this team still for the where second they straight are? year? Like how? can't kill them. How? And getting the outside help that you need also. Like that was the other dynamic where it's like, man. We know we need help, but we're actually getting that help. Right. And we're actually taking care of the business that we need to take care out. of. Like, You're like, all right, the Patriots yeah, are going to do this. Nice. Yeah. All right, the Seahawks are rolling over the Jets. Nice. Shout out Geno Smith. The all fighting right. Geno's, baby. Here the fighting Geno's. Take care of business Sunday night in Baltimore. I mean, you needed six exact things to happen. Yes. You needed the two wins over Baltimore and Cleveland, mm-hmm. and then you needed four other games to go your way. You're halfway there. Three out of six. It's a good scenario right now, man. So you're saying there's a chance. I love it. <laughs> We're going to get to our first break here on this program. We've got the tweets rolling in. So you know what we'll do when we come back on the other side here. Time's yours. We'll get to your tweets, your reactions, your questions, comments, and concerns. Because at 1 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Chris Carter. And nobody puts our tweeters in the corner. So nobody. We'll, get to, we'll get to your guys' reactions on the other side. You know where to get at us if you want to get involved. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.